You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. It all started as a small family business, and now it's the number one supplier of animal fat shortenings in the Western United States. He is the fourth generation in his family to own Coast Packing, and in his free time, he's on the track as a competitive drag racer with multiple class championships and records under his belt. Eric Gustafson joins us today to share how Coast Packing Company is making a difference in the food industry and how his journey is helping to shape the company today. Eric, welcome to the program. Thank you, Richard. Great to be here. It's nice to have you here. I'd like to uh, thank our advertisers, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, SunUp Group, and Tea and Company for sponsoring the program. If you'd like to learn more about our radio show or the CEO peer groups that I lead, visit our company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. You can call me or text me within business hours at 949-887-4104. Eric, I appreciate you joining us. Can we start off by asking you, tell us a little bit what it's like to be owning and operating the fourth generation company? It's an honor and and really a pleasure to be able to lead our family business for our generation and, uh, you know, take the baton from my father and, and, you know, grandfather and great-grandfather and lead the company forward. You know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Are there other members of the family currently in the business? Uh, at Coast Packing, uh, no. Okay. Uh, we do have other family members and other business entities that are participating. Okay. A similar industry around? Uh, yes, yeah, similar. We have a trucking uh, services-based uh, company that uh, washes the inside and outside of tanker trucks. Okay. Uh, for food grade and, and non-hazardous chemical. Okay. So I have a cousin there who's doing a great job. Aaron is a, is a hardworking young man and certainly learning and growing and maturing. So... Take me back, just take our audience and me back just very quickly, Eric, to the beginning days, four generations or three generations ago. How did the company get started? My great-grandfather migrated from Austria, came here as a meat cutter butcher. Uh, You know, he was one of the younger in his uh, family, of course, in the old European uh, days. uh, The oldest or the the two oldest got everything and everybody else got nothing. Okay. So he was told he had to leave, basically, if he wanted to uh, make anything of himself. So he met uh, my great-uncle in Chicago. And they both cut meat in the old stockyards right. in the early 1900s. Well, okay, I got an image of that. Yeah, I mean, and every time I go to Southside Chicago, we have uh, we have some uh, folks we do business with there, and I okay. just try to close my eyes and think about what it was right. like when Great Grandpa was here working right. and cutting meat. But you know, being a young, aggressive uh, you know man, he really wanted to do more with his life, and so eventually he found his way to Old Wine, Iowa, mainly because no one spoke English in Chicago at the time. He wanted to learn the language. He gets to Olwine. Everybody speaks German. He becomes best friends with Richard Olwine, who was one of the you know great 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 grandsons of the town founders. Okay, the two of them are young, you know, energetic, passionate. They link up, find their way to Idaho, started two meat markets, sold those. Ended up in L.A. around 1920s. Wow! And the two of them started Coast Packing Company with a third partner, who was also an Austrian gentleman named Max Plain, okay. who had the lease on our building. And got them going to operate, and they started the full-line uh, pork and beef slaughtering. So it's kind of a long answer to your no, question, but, but there's a lot of history yeah. to, to how we got started. And uh, over the years, uh, both uh, Richard and, and my great-grandfather, Anton Reeder, ran the company. Richard, unfortunately, had untimely death mm. and died of a heart attack mm. unexpectedly. 
and great-grandpa bought out his widow, and then that's when it became solely in our family's possession. That was 1931. Wow, just uh, the image of Chicago at the turn of the century in 1900, 1900s, and then also L.A. in the 20s. What a place. Oh, yeah. What an amazing time to be here, I would think. On his way to Los Angeles, he stopped in this really dusty, dirty town that uh, he later in life laughed about. He says, there's this place. I wish I would have bought land there called Las Vegas. <laughs> exactly. Well, at least he, he got here, right? Absolutely. You're going to end up somewhere. He every It sounds like every time he moved, he moved and upgraded. Absolutely. I, I would think. And ended up in Los Angeles. Interesting, though, uh, my experience working with and knowing other family businesses, the family story is an important part of the culture of the present-day organization. Is that true for Coast? Absolutely. My dad's in a great job of certainly cultivating that culture, certainly with my sister and I in our generation. Uh Uh, The the values of hard work, uh, passion, persistence. You know, failure doesn't exist. You right. just, as long as you keep working and trying, you know, there's no such thing as failure in our family. So those are things that have been passed on from his grandfather and, and father to, to him and to us. And so that those stories that I tell you, I mean, I've got, you know, I'm we don't sure. have enough time for all of them, right. of course, right. but right. there's so many great stories about you know, how our family has done things and uh-huh. how fortunate and blessed that we've been. Well, you know, um, you had to be congratulated and commended because it's very difficult to transition from one generation to the next. I mean, there's a lot of fatalities that happen during that time that just the sauce gets something happens and the company isn't the same. But you've done it. Your, your family has done it multiple times. So congratulations not only to you, but to the others who ran the company successfully for years prior. Well, thank you. Thank you. So. What do you do? What does the firm? I said in in the open a bit about what you do: animal fat shortenings, and you're the largest supplier in the Western United States. But tell us a little bit more about what the firm does today. Great. Well, we essentially are a animal fat and and vegetable oil shortening uh, manufacturer. Uh, we're bringing in rail cars of animal fat shortenings, pork lard, beef tallow. Okay. Uh, we're further processing them uh, through refineries in our plant. And then we texturize, package them. It's called votating. Yeah, I've never heard that word before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like making ice cream at home. Okay. You know, rock salt and then the homemade ice cream maker, right. you're, you're taking uh, a warmer oil, 120, 130 degrees, okay. and you're trying to chill it instantaneously through agitators and heat exchangers, ultimately, and getting it down to, say, 75 to 90 degrees, okay. depending on the product. So there's, there's a lot of value-added steps along the way in what we do. But to put it, you know, quite simply, we make shortenings. Okay. And and they can be used in food. They can be used in cosmetics. They can be used in biodiesel, uh, animal feed, oleochemical hmm. for making glues and polymers. So there's a wide variety of applications. Our core business is food with some of the okay. kind of chemical and uh, biodiesel component as well. So when you say food, uh, help me to understand... Without you don't have to name names if you don't want to. But sure. Like, what type of companies are your customers? Uh, we sell major manufacturers okay. uh, that are making, let's say, refried beans or tortillas or breads. Okay. Uh, you know, for instance, and, and they can be along those lines. And they they're major either consumer products goods companies, CBG companies, as we call them in the industry. Mm-hmm. To just you know, business to business based companies that are selling, maybe a bakery selling another food service entity. We also sell your major food lo- food service broadliners, uh, you know, Cisco, U.S. Food Service, mm-hmm. as well as independents uh, that we have been, done business with for a long time, and and we transcend the dist- distribution side, whether it's food service restaurant or bakery, selling to you know some of the panaderias in the Hispanic market, to the donut shops that you see on the corner. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's it's a pretty unique business. I, I can walk into a restaurant, a store, and there's a pretty good chance that we have a hand in helping to make those products, which is really exciting to share with our family, right. with our employees. Very tangible, right? Yeah, well, and we like to tell our employees, look, you know, there's a good chance that what you make here, you're going to eat it or your family's going to eat it. <laughs> so, so pay attention. So to you, you better doing. make sure, you know, all the GMPs and SSOPs, everything that we plan for, that, you know, you want to do it uh, right. with, with food safety and health and, and your family in mind. So uh, how did you get to be the number one on the western half of the United States? I mean, how did that happen? You know, survival game of attrition okay. to a lot of, to a lot of okay. extent. And, and Thank you for your candor. Of course. Okay. Uh, and certainly great people. Uh, and commitment and passion within the organization. Uh, I don't think the goal at the onset was to be number one, okay. but we certainly survived and uh, through through that attrition and through great brand names and marketing on, that my dad and, and our you know prior employees have done. We built relationships that span you know even back to the 30s and 40s, still to this day wow. with businesses that we're working with. So, so having that longevity in your industry has benefited you over the recent past it sounds like absolutely yeah so relationships do matter in relationships still do matter excellent and and you can make them matter by by doing your part to let your customers let your suppliers know Uh the importance that you play and the value that you add we're talking with eric gustinson he is the ceo of coast packing and you know you you opened the window there a little bit so i just want to ask you your industry has probably gone through difficult times and my sense is uh, it's coming through a little bit of a renaissance in some ways. That's a great way to describe it. And, and, and Absolutely. I, I, yeah, people are reframing what's good to put in your mouth, what's healthy for you. So um, can you just give me a sense from being in this industry and a major contributor to it? What's Coast's position? And what are you saying about the products that you, that you process and sell? Well, for the last 20-plus years, we've been demonized, and animal fats, pork, lard, beef, tallow have been... You know, viewed as unhealthy and the saturated fats and cholesterol argument and, you know, all this failed science that essentially, you know, we were told uh, and the replacement product, ironically, hydrogenated vegetable shortenings that were supposedly better because there's zero cholesterol and, you know, all this stuff that uh, everyone talked about for these last 20 years. Well, ironically, they're worse for you with artificial trans fats. Right. So we position ourselves at, you know. You know, lard and tallow have only been around for 10,000 years or so. And, you know, they can't be that bad for you. I'm being somewhat comedic about it. No, but I'm, but ultimately, it. ultimately, you know, the products are minimally processed. They're, yes. they're much better for you. They're, they're natural. You know, our bodies are meant to break it down. And I used to take, for fun, I'd put some lard or tallow in my one hand and the vegetable shortening in another. Okay. And you would see how it would start to kind of melt and integrate in one palm and the other stuff would just stay there solid. Oh, my. And I'd say, hey, you know, what's going on in your body? Right. You know, it's it's a bit of a crude example, but certainly it drives the point home. Uh-huh. And, you know, we, we view animal fats as a great option. may not be the option for everyone. Okay. You know, we're about consumer choice. Right. But animal fats, if you're doing heavy-duty deep frying, making French fries, and you're serving burgers... Everyone gets worried about what they eat, but if you're having a burger that has eight slices of bacon on it and four slices of cheese and a double, you know, double patty, but you want to make sure your fries are fried in vegetable oil, but you're eating this burger because it tastes good, why why shouldn't your fries taste good? Not to mention beef towel is better for frying French fries as it is. Okay. And don't forget the bun, right? That's not exactly a great thing to put in your body either. uh, Unless it has some lard in it. Oh, there you go. (laughs) That is all right. We're talking with Eric Gustafson, he's CEO of Coast Packing. I I appreciate that conversation because uh, I've gone to a number of 
nutritional workshops, etc. And and people are changing their their people in the industry in the in the health industry are changing their tone on fat and and people are understanding uh, the value of closer to the the original version of a product that you put in your mouth the better the least processing it can be the better off we are as a consumer of that absolutely you know, one of the things i like to have some fun with when i when i do some shopping is if i can read what's on the label Chances are it's probably good for you if you can pronounce it. If you can pronounce it, it right. and read it, and you know what you know what it is. Right. You know you're 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 in good shape. And you know you look on a label of a box of shortening from us, and it's, you know if it's lard, it just says lard. You know there's some additives to it for shelf life if if necessary. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right, we're going to take our first commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show with our guest Eric Gustafson. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about your company's strategic direction and vision. I know that you're responsible for for setting that and guiding the company, so I want to have a little conversation about that after the break. Okay? Thank you. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in less than sixty seconds with Eric after this word. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Many of you know that I've been a member of the Center Club for seven years. I hold my monthly CEO peer group meetings there, my annual executive conferences, and my daily meetings at the club. I found the staff to be professional and courteous. My guests enjoy meeting at the Center Club with its newly remodeled meeting rooms, dining rooms, and common areas. If you're looking for a place to conduct meetings, host events, or meet some of Orange County's most successful business leaders, then I suggest you consider joining Center Club in Costa Mesa. For more information regarding the club, private events, maybe have an upcoming Christmas holiday party, birthday party, uh, visit the club at www.center-club.com. Okay, welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. When we were off mic, we were just talking with Eric, and he was explaining, and we didn't get a chance to really get into it, there has been significant consolidation in your industry. So it really sounds like only the fit, fittest have survived then. A- absolutely, yeah. Uh, I-, I can go back and read my dad's MBA thesis in 1980, and there were about 16 players just in Los Angeles wow. that, that do what we do today, and there's, I think, two or three of us. Is it difficult to do what you do in Southern California? In California? Does that... <laughs> Uh, absolutely. California, okay. from a regulatory perspective, you know, we like to call it the alphabet soup regulators. Okay. You know, you pick, you pick some letters, throw them together, and you've got some new you know outfit that's going to tell you how to run your company and what you need to do. And, okay. And uh, certainly they're making it more and more difficult. Uh, you know, there for some reason there's this this mentality in the state with with whether it's legislators or or other organizations of people that. You know, they don't like manufacturing for some reason, although that's what was the backbone that built our great state and economy. And certainly there's other great businesses that do the same. But, you know, you don't want to lose your food being produced in your own backyard if you don't have to, especially with that movement of people wanting to know more. And, you know, yes. That, that farm-to-table even approach. Right, farm-to-table. Well, you know, I, uh, I say to the CEOs that I work with that if you can be successful in the climate in California, you can be successful anywhere in the country. And it actually, in some ways, makes you better because you really have to think about your business deeper than 
than others. That may be, maybe yes. not a contributor to the fact that you're still standing in one of a very small number of people in your space. So congratulations on that, and I'm sure your employees are, are feeling fortunate to be working for Coast. So tell me a bit about the company's strategic direction. We're, in this version, this fourth generation of the company, what do you, where are you going? What do you see? I see growth opportunities with the changes in the marketplace, with the FDA uh, you know, banning artificial trans fats, you know, partially hydrogenated oils, essentially, with right. uh, remove them from generally recognized as safe, what we call grass status for the acronym. Uh, I think there's great opportunities, and I think also with people wanting to eat food that tastes great, uh, it's not so much about the health. It is important, but we eat because we like what we eat and mm-hmm. want it to taste great. Uh, it's fortunate that animal fats can do that, plus be more healthy for you than artificial trans fats and, right. and hydrogenated vegetables and shortenings. So it's a win-win. And I see great opportunities for the company ahead. And you know, certainly I want to see that come to fruition, and I will do anything I can with our employees to make it happen. Is there a global play for your company as well? You know, I'm thinking as China and other cultures are kind of westernizing a little bit, stuff that's uh, they're developing a palate maybe for Western food to some degree. Is that an opportunity for Coast? O- already already have, okay. ha- has and okay. have. We, you know, we, we do sell overseas. Uh, currently, we do not. That's more political. Hmm. Uh, you, know, you, you, you talk about tough political climates. You know, the, the PRC is pretty difficult, too, and they'll just close their borders overnight. Okay. Uh, we had that happen about four years ago. Hmm. We're currently working towards uh, rectifying that and working that's with a various huge market, trade organizations. Right? Oh, definitely. They, yeah. they, are, they are gathering uh, you know, a, a taste with that emerging middle class for higher quality products. Right. And we were already selling uh, quite a few container loads a month over to China on edible pork lard for their baked goods and a lot of frying in the woks and, you know, for their fried foods. And, um, you know, unfortunately, governments do what they do, and you can only play within the boundaries. So right. uh, we have not uh, shipped anything over there, but I'm I'm pretty confident in the not-too-distant future we will be again. That'd be a huge market to reopen. So, yeah, that's a that's a strategic opportunity for you and your company. I'm talking with Eric Gupsis, and we're talking about his company, Coast Packaging. Um, t- so tell me... Of all the things you've learned in business, both from education, outside business, family business, inside, have you put together kind of your overarching guiding principle, your belief system, your personal stamp on the brand? And if so, can you share that with our audience? Absolutely. Honesty, uh, ethics, integrity, those are, you know, those are things that a lot of people talk about. You know, our family has, has lived and breathed them for, for many years. Um, you know, it's nice to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and know you don't have to look over your shoulder for the things and decisions that you make as you want to do them with those in mind. Uh, listening, that's something I can always improve on. Uh, certainly, you need to listen to the people that you have and trust them. And, uh, you know, you want to surround yourself with the best possible people as well. You know, as, as one individual in a company, as a, as a figurehead, as a CEO and a, an ambassador, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do it all. Right. And if you don't surround yourself with the great people, you're destined to fail, right. ultimately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my father and, and others who have mentored me, you know, the aspects of listening and patience, but also having passion and persistence and trying to find the balance between all these things. Balance is something I think that we tend to forget. You can't just be all work. You have to have some fun. You have to leave time for family as a family grows. Right. So it's trying to find all of these things that mix together to create life. Does is your workforce? Is it? Do you have like what's the tenure of your workforce? And you know, I know it's a long term family business, so I'm imagining that you may have also some employees that have been around for some time. Uh, Maybe not. Absolutely. Yeah. We we've had 
some retirement in the last couple of years where a 42-year employee in management wow. retired. Wow. He came right out of college. <laughs> he was like the third or fourth guy with my dad in the management mm-hmm. team. He retired. Uh, our production manager after 26 years retired, and we hired a, a great veteran of the industry uh, who will be with us hopefully for as long as he likes to. And uh, But you know, certainly we've had a lot of tenured people, and we have – you know, new people coming in, and certainly I want to surround the company with the best possible people to make it successful. What was your quickly? But what was your path through the company? Did you come right in as the CEO? Did you? Oh no, of course not. Start somewhere else. Well, we can go back to uh, high school when I kind of worked on the loading dock and drove okay. a forklift and a, and a pallet jack and. You know, didn't take that too seriously, of course, as a, as a 15-, 16-year-old teenager and got fired. Uh, well, actually, nice. my dad brought me in the office and fired me. Wow. Uh, it was a great learning experience. I would think. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, he sat me down and said, you know, son, you don't take this seriously, and I can't have you being here and acting this way. Right. You need to go off elsewhere and learn what it's like. And, I, you know, I took that to heart and definitely learn different things and acquire different skill sets along the way and through college. And I, uh, I had an opp- other opportunities graduating from USC, and um, it, was, it was an interesting timing for, for, for me. I graduated in 2002, the year after 9-11. Right. I'd spent a summer working for United Bank of Switzerland, Payne Weber, over in uh, Manhattan hmm. in their fixed income institutional credit side. And, and I, I've always loved stocks and trading and, and stats and stuff like that. And so I thought, hey, I'm gonna, I want to go be an iBanker or a trader or something right. like that. 9-11 happened. I graduated a year later. Not gonna, not gonna happen. Fortunately, I had that year to kind of really see the writing on the wall. Uh-huh. When I was at SC, I started taking some of the entrepreneur uh, courses. Okay, and I did a value chain analysis, and I asked my dad if I could do it on coast packing, and that was the eye opener for me. You know, I, it, it, to really fully understand what we do in a value chain, when mm. you go back all the way from the beginning of the product to what we manufacture to who we sell to, mm-hmm. and it opened my eyes to the impact that we have on the industry, and that's when I felt, you know, I think I might actually be able to be add value here. Oh, wow. And I, I convinced my dad it was quite a tough negotiation. Oh, good for him. I'm glad he and, didn't roll over. And he, 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 he really said, he's like, I'm not going to hire you out of college. And I heard that all the way through. And um, we got to that point, and there was some opportunities that were coming up. And I told him, I said, you know, God forbid something happens to you. There's nobody in the family behind you. We have great people there, but Mm -hmm. there's nobody behind you to succeed you, and you're not getting any younger. And my mom, she was the final clincher. I got to give her the assist. She, she, She told my dad, hire him and fire him if he doesn't do well. You fired him before. And that was it. <laughs> so, I like your mother. Really. You know, she's a straight uh, talker. She, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's always a straight talker. She, you know, whether you like to hear it or not. So, you know, I started in, in various roles and worked in operations and, and sales and marketing, which I really gravitated more towards and building more relationships and building business. And, mm-hmm. you know, eventually uh, made my way to CEO. And that's been, I can't believe it's been five years. Five now. years now? Well, yeah, congratulations. Five years. Yeah, Thank you. Five years. I'm sure you look back at yourself five years ago and go, wow, what I. What I've learned in those five years running the company, well, huh? When, when, when that happened, I asked where was my complimentary guide of CEOs uh, for dummies, you know? Because <laughs> right? you know, what, what, what's, what's a CEO really do, right? That was kind of the joke. So, boy, I had other questions I wanted to ask you, but, you know, we're out of time. I want to thank Hector Garcia, MBN Design. He brought us to your, to your attention, and you've been a delightful guest. We're going to have to have you back because I'm interested in what else has happened within your supply base as, as things – as 
you know, as your competitors have dropped out, what's happened to the market underneath you that feeds you the, the product that you need? But I don't have time to ask you that today, as well as some other questions. Will you come back? Absolutely. be my pleasure. How does someone learn more about your firm online if they want to? www.coastpacking.com. Just like it sounds. Perfect. And there's a lot of great history there. There's some great pictures from the 30s when we were in the full-line pork and beef slaughter uh-huh. side of uh, side of our business. Wow. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of great news bits about the healthy aspects of animal fats as well. So if anyone feels inclined, uh, I, I'd welcome you to come visit and learn more about us. Take, I may take you up on that, too. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Eric, for being a friend of the program and a part of the community. Thank you. My pleasure. All take right. care. Thank, th- uh, you're welcome. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this segment of Critical Mass Radio Show. Don't go anywhere, though, if you're listening to us live on octalkradio.net, because Sue Parks, founder and chief executive of iCount, is our second guest today. She'll be on the show here in 60 seconds, so stay tuned. Let's face it. Not all company challenges are the same, which is why strategic market intelligence can help identify the actionable information you need to be more competitive. Gain a better understanding of your brand, competition, best prospects, or new product opportunities to generate greater revenues in 2015. Call 949-357-9547 or visit www.strategicmarketintelligence.com. Wow. Marketing predictions are out for 2015 and marketing success is changing. Did you know that Google is now actively tracking your business and personal brand and online reputation? Online and offline marketing has changed. Google is driving more than 85% of your traffic. And if your brand is inconsistent or has poor mobile usability, your rankings and traffic can suffer in 2015. To learn how your business is currently viewed and what can be done to improve your brand's visibility and authority, Contact SunUp Group for a free marketing analysis. It could be a business game changer. Visit www.sunupgroup.com today or call 877-609-3840, extension 700. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sound board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 